Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I'm Donovan D'Souza from The Long Way is Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to episode 31, which happens to be my favorite number. And we're going to end 2018 with a big bang and kind of discuss what has been quite busy years for the both of us. Yeah, for sure. Um, lots of travel involved, lots of trails, and I think today we kind of it dawned on us what we'd actually done for the year. So we kind of talk about that for the whole pod, and then we'll get into some questions, which we asked you guys to send in, just so we can yeah wrap up the year and reflect on, as I said, has been a very very busy year for the both of us. So Dom, we'll start with basically the summer activities which is usually a lull in the hiking season especially if you're based in wa but you started 2018 off with a fun adventure yeah southeast asia yeah so i i um i quit my job of 10 years and so i took up a temporary position but in between i had a bit of a holiday and i went to vietnam and did a our first international trip as the long way is better. better. <laughs> it's a very long way to go for a hike. Yeah, it was. Do something very different because we did a caving, um, a caving trek in Vietnam, mm. and I remember talking to one of the other guys there, and he'd done you know, he'd done stuff like Patagonia and things like that. And he said this is right up there for him um, in terms of, you know, like if you're going to go to a place for caves, Vietnam's the place to go for caves. Mm. And so Alyssa and I did that in at the start of the year and that was amazing so different and the caves were massive you know like you don't realize how massive these caves are until you've been in there and the ones we did weren't even the big ones Mm. they were just like small caves Mm. and then from there after that i you know started my job in queensland working for commonwealth games which i did for three months so the summer was spent basically in tropical weather (laughs) which I don't love, but it was really good because it gave me the opportunity to explore uh, southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales, and that's what led to the Gondwana Rainforest of Australia pod that we did earlier in the year. Yeah. I mean, you were quite lucky in the fact that... Well, not lucky, but like your hiking season kind of started quite early and you could explore a different type of terrain um, in southeast Queensland, northern New South Wales that you, you wouldn't explore over here. Yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right, because it's, you know, that's the time of year that things start to be a bit of a lull here. So it was it was lucky in that sense. It was, it was bloody hot up there. But it's also, unlike Perth, where it's dry in summer, mm. they get really wet winters. So in some ways, they're probably the most spectacular at that time of year. So it was, it was a good time to be there. And yeah, the Gondwana rainforests of Australia, um, particularly, you know, I think... The Kumara circuit and the Worry circuits. What I take away from that as being probably the most exciting, um, you know, that that would be up there as highlights of the year for me, and and of course the the caving trip. Mm, yeah, because I mean, looking at those photos, I now realise kind of how lucky Southeast Queensland is to have all of those great trails. Mm. And before, I, I wouldn't have even thought of that as a, a great hiking destination. Yeah, but you I rated th- a couple of those as one of the some of the best day hikes in australia oh yeah like kumara and worry would easily be in my top 10 in in the country Mm. um that i've done you know there might be better ones i haven't seen but of what i've seen top 10 yeah yeah so how was your start of the year um i actually started the year off hiking 
um, like directly as the year started. The sun rose. In, I was in oh, Margaret River. Yeah. And we had a, a, a wild rager of a party at Karis's aunt and uncle. They'd rented a, a house down in Margaret River and we were in bed by like 9.30, 10 o'clock. Is this the same aunt and uncle that you hiked with? Yes. Okay. Um, so they were down there. So we went and stayed for the a couple of days with them. And I couldn't sleep. Then I was up at around sunrise and I thought, you know what? I'll go and do a hike. And we're staying in the town and there's a, a place called the Riversley Run, which I think is was built because there was a new suburb going in. And it just follows the, the river and it was quite pleasant. But it was like one of those things where no one else was up. I was just wandering around. It was still quite cool, even though it was summer. I just really enjoyed it. And then I did the Margaret River Heritage Trail as well, which is a, another long lost forgotten yep. 1988 trail. And that was surprisingly good. And yeah, like the Southwest, if you pick the right time of year in summer and the right day is still accessible to hikers. So mm. it was nice to start off the year that way. And then I kind of had a lull because I'm in WA and it's hot and there's bushfires and we did lose Helena campsite mm. this year, which was yeah. a bit of a, a sad one. Um, but then the usual thing when you're in Perth and you want to go hiking, you're over to Rottnest. Yeah. Completed the Wajamup Biddy trail network over there. So I did the Nyak Wen Biddy and the Kalinya Biddy um, to complete the set. Yep. So that was that was quite fun. And yeah, I can highly recommend, especially as we're coming up to summer, if you want a bit of an escape, go over there and, and do some of those brilliant hiking trails that have been constructed. Hmm. Yeah, I certainly had a, a lot quieter summer than you did. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a hectic time because I was away from Melissa for a lot of that. I mean, January she was with me mm. and also, my God, the, the workload yeah. <laughs> for the Commonwealth Games. But I was lucky because I still had time to get out every, just, you know, even though it was like once a week, mm. I still made the time to get out there and, you know, make the most of the fact that I had this access to, to forests and exciting mm. things to see. Yeah, well, we survived as well as a podcast, having been on opposite sides oh, of the yeah, country. Oh, yeah, we did multiple episodes where we recorded separately and had to use um, yeah, Facebook, Facebook Messenger. Messenger so we could see each other, which <laughs> yeah. we had quite a lot of fun with the, the face filters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're wearing hats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah was it was fun. good. Um, yeah, I think that, that worked quite well. Uh, although sometimes there was a bit of a lag, yeah, and there were a few episodes where I was like, "I've got a question." Yeah. <laughs> People, <laughs> and that's kept why going. we had the video, so like Don could like wave at us as we like I interject here. Yep, <laughs> I mean, we survived, and it was like, it was weird, but yeah, in in like a fun kind of way. Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean we had some some good pods early on as well, and we had some really nice guests come through, and I think we managed quite well for being separated yeah i think you did a really good job uh especially by the end of it i think you got really good at you know steering the conversations that i was still included yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was that was really good and interesting it, it you know proves that i think that that it still works even when we're not in the same room so yeah. that was good and it's a bit of a theme for you this year to kind of be away multiple times even it got a lot better because obviously you would be you'd be home for a week and then away for a week but yeah. Don traveling east was a, a common theme this year. Yeah, I worked out that I've done just as many posts for WA as I did for, well, the eastern states. So no mm. no state has had more than WA. Yeah. Um, because I'm still WA based. But 
there was, you know, I think I've, I hadn't had a year where it was like 50-50, not WA. Mm. So that was really interesting. And as, as I was saying to you earlier, like, you know, by the end of the year, I'd hiked in five of the six states and visited six World Heritage sites in, in the year. Um, which is, is crazy. So, you mm. know, even though, like I said, I, I worked out that this was probably the least since 2015 that I've done an over, that I've done overnights. Mm. I think I've only spent eight nights on a track this year. It was also probably the most varied year of adventure that I've had since, since ever really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it was weird cause you were saying the other day in the, the group chat that we got going, that this was your first overnight hike when you did. Um, feather top yeah just very recently in november yeah. 2018 uh was my first ever solo overnight where i didn't do it with anyone <laughs> yeah i mean we'll, we'll probably do a, another pod on day hikes in victoria and uh, tasmania but mm. how how was that experience for you because never having solo overnight hiked before well, there were so many people. Yeah. <laughs> didn't feel like it was any different. I mean, it, it sucked because I got to the campsite, didn't have, you know, Alyssa yeah. to, you know, like to talk to and you you know, to interact with interact people. With. Yeah, you know, so that was that was weird, but you know, a milestone. Yeah. It, you know, I may not have done a lot of overnight hiking this year, but that was. Yeah, that was certainly a milestone. Because we were joking that um, you would get to the top of this mountain and you'd have this zen moment where you would actually become the guru which is the <laughs> nickname that we give you <laughs> and it would just be like this life-changing moment and then you were you still had reception while you're up there and you're um, messaging back saying there's like 20 odd people here <laughs> it's really weird it was like oh that's yep. not gonna happen now no no um, so I, I guess I mean let's move on to autumn yeah uh, you know, we've obviously gone to last month but um, yeah <laughs> in uh, autumn what, what did you get up to Mark? Um, this was actually the start of a lot of hiking for me and a lot of trips as well away down south, up north, east. Mm. So, Karis and I had planned a Fitzgerald, or I'd planned a Fitzgerald River National <laughs> Park trip and I dragged Karis along. Let me, let, let's be honest, Mark. <laughs> there was a lot of hiking going on. Um, but, I mean, it was still, it was one of those areas that you kind of, you know about a little bit, but you don't fully know about. And I, like I'd read your blog where you'd visited the west side and it was just looked like one of those places I wanted to go. So I was like, we'll drive there, we'll drag Karis. She'll be able to do most of the hikes. Um, obviously, we didn't do the Haikir or the Mamang Trail because they're overnight hikes, but we'll be able to do the, the day hikes and camp out and be good fun. So, yeah, Fitzgerald River was Easter. Well, we went just after Easter to avoid the crowds mm. and then we did Esperance and Cape Legrand as well. So that was a highlight of the year and just one of those places I think everyone should get to as we talked about over two pods yeah um, recently yeah one of one of Australia's best I think and if you want to hear more about it then I think I suggest listening to that pod yes exactly well both pods oh, both pods <laughs> yes um, so I ended up doing did eight eight trails for the website and obviously that's quite a lot because it is as you know involved doing these posts and there's a lot of photos to edit and a lot of writing to do and you think that you go on a trip and that's it, you're finished. But for us doing it for the website, it's yeah, it's a big task and it is fun adding your memories and your photos to the website yeah. for your own personal use. But obviously people do kind of read it and 
want to know more about the area. So yeah, that kind of kept me um, like interested past that for quite a while and I kind of had a big year planned and so I had to kind of leave my weekends free for a little bit. Mm. Um, but it didn't actually turn out that I had a lot of weekends free in the end, a lot mm. of other trips. Um, but yeah, what, what did you get up to? So I, as we entered autumn, it was probably peak season for Commonwealth Games work. So it got a bit hectic, but I planned a trip with Alyssa and we went to New South Wales and we visited New England, which was really cool. And there was sort of a bit more of a scouting mission because we knew that this wasn't going to be... Um, you know, it was just a weekend in the mountains, basically, and it was awesome. Uh, we did Waterfall Way, and we we visited like Dorigo National Park, and had a look at Oxley Wild Rivers, which is the place that we want to visit again in the future to do the Green Gully Trek. Mm-hmm. Not sure when in the future that will be, but sometime in the future. So that was really cool. And then as the season went on, I finished up my work on the Gold Coast and. Uh, I finished, so the Worry Circuit was one of the last ones I did there, and that was a really great way to finish it on a bang, because that's Mm. one of the best hikes there. And then we headed over to Tassie, which was great. So it was my second Tassie trip, and I really love Tassie in autumn. I think it's really probably one of the most beautiful times to be there. And we did the Walls of Jerusalem Circuit, so that was, um, you know, that was my second multi-day like the, the, the great walks that they have over there. Yeah, so that was the second of the great multi-day walks that they have. It's beautiful alpine sort of country, country, and it's very similar to bits of the Overland, but then very different as well. And it's it's maybe a bit more one note than the Overland, which takes you through a lot of different things, but just as it's spectacular. And we've we've done a pod on that one as well. We so. Have. <laughs> You know, if anyone's interested, you can listen to that episode. Yeah. And you were very lucky as well with the the weather that you got. It was snowing right up until you got there. And then you got to enjoy the snow, but without all the the miserable conditions Exactly. So we were extremely lucky because it was just that perfect storm of like, snow, 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 stop. We go hiking. There's Mm. snow everywhere, but it's not, you know, like just arduous walking through snow as it's falling on you. So. That was really good. We really enjoyed our trip. So what we did, we did that, and then we did a, um, we went to Mount Field, and then did a road trip up the east coast. Uh, went to Fresnay and a few other sites there. Did did the um, the one cape of the three capes that's yeah. not on the three capes. Um, so between us, we've done the three. Capes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a really good way to start the year, and then I went into two months of unemployment. Um, and I remember this period. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, Don's going hiking today kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we did a little bit of coming back to Perth and, I, and we visited down south. And then to end my unemployment, I went to Victoria and did the Wilson's Prom Southern Circuit with one of my mates that I, I made in uh, Queensland. He's yeah. from Victoria. So... We did that, and that was a really awesome visit. You know, it, I think it's a fantastic hike there that I would recommend. Um, and I also had a shattered windscreen on that trip, which yes. is... You've witnessed that I have terrible luck with these windscreens. You do. <laughs> yeah, and that was the end, basically, of, of autumn for me. Mm. I forgot to mention in mine, like, uh, we'd been to Fitzgerald River on our Easter trip, and then I was invited back 
to yeah. Fitzgerald River with the Google Tracker, which I'm allowed to talk about now. Um, that was an amazing experience because I got to experience it again. And obviously, 18 kilos on your back, it's not the best way to experience <laughs> it if you're not carrying food and sleeping gear and everything else. But it was one of those projects that was really cool to do. Like the concept of it, it was really cool. Mm. But sometimes when you're out there and you're like the strapping on the Google Tracker is terrible. It's like an afterthought. And you're trudging through sand and on beaches and everything. You're thinking, wow, this is really pretty. But my shoulders and my back are so uncomfortable. <laughs> but it was one of those things. And now I can share the results. It is amazing. And yeah. some of the photos we got were quite epic. And I got to do the Hakea and the Mamang Trail, which, you know, some of the best overnight hikes you can do in WA. Mm. So that was a, a fun experience that I'm very happy to be a part of. And as much as we bag out, DBCA for their prescribed burns. Um, this was one of the the cool projects that they yeah. were helming. Yeah. Very very fun, and I would probably, I wouldn't say I think I've retired from my Google tracking, but it was one of those things in the moment. It was just epic and cool, and yeah. Yeah, and if any Victorian listeners are out there, yeah, there's a job application from a, a leading search engine slash mapping company who are looking for an employee. Yeah, who I don't know who that would <laughs> I be. I don't know who that could be, but it might be similar work to what Mark did. Yeah, except you'll get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was all volunteer. <laughs> um, yeah, so moving on to winter, um, mm. you kind of you've got this new job. It's one week Melbourne, one week. Perth how did yep. you deal with that and kind of split your time and yes. your adventure time as well in Perth so mostly I actually because I have my weekends home because I want to be with Alyssa as much as possible Aww. so <laughs> as much as like you know I have access to Victoria and also let's just be honest Victoria is not the place to go hiking in winter you know mm. I think WA is the place to go hiking in winter so I started win- winter with a bit of unfinished business finishing up I went back up to Calberry and there was a, a loop that I wanted to do, which was the um, the walk from Four Ways to Z- the Z-Bend. Yep. And I knew it was possible, but I didn't know what it was going to be like. And it was amazing. You know, there was a lot of swimming involved. So it was a bit of a, um, a amphibious. Flo- a, yeah, a, flo- a floaty hike. <laughs> yeah, but it was amazing. And it, it's an area that I think is is really underexplored. I think that it's it was one of... For me, that was up there with the walks I did in, in Queensland mm. um, as one of the best walks this year. Walks slash swims, I guess. Uh, which I guess is also a, a characteristic of, of some of the stuff I've done this year because mm. swimming has become a bit more of a, a thing in this yeah. particular year, as we'll, Aqu- we'll talk Aquadon. about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we'll make the action figures. We'll have the yes. Aquadon version. Aquadon. Yeah, so um, that was a really good start to winter. And then, so coming back to Perth, especially coming back from southeast Queensland, which is so lush and beautiful, I just, I was dreading, like, walking in Perth again, in a sense. Like, I I just didn't know what to expect. And so I really embraced off-track hiking. Yeah, the chasing of the dragon. Oh, yeah. And I have to say that the addiction was sated, you know? Like, <laughs> I... I, as I said to you guys, um, to Mark and some other friends of ours, I said for a long time was, I guess, a bit down about hiking in Perth, but I really fell in love with hiking in Perth again with the off-track stuff. Mm. Um, and I think you, you would say like, you know, probably, I mean, the two best I did were I did 
the walk to um, North Dandelup. And the other one was Boyagin Rock. Then Mark came on the hike with us. And yes. that that's amazing. Like that that to me is is exceptional hiking. Yeah, that that one was just a weird like why does no one know about this? Yeah. And even if you drive past which I've driven hundred or not hundreds, but like a dozen times or so along Albany Highway yeah. and Brookton Highway, and you would never know that that's out there. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Even some of the like the giant granite features on the farmland driving into there. Yeah, amazing. Was, yeah, and it's like, why is this not a marked trail? It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and that, that's some, that's what I, I kind of came to the conclusion was, is that Perth has the scenery that is as spectacular as mm. as other places, but it's so underutilized and poorly tapped tapped into. Mm. And I feel like, especially Boyagan Rock, is that's where they've released numbats. Mm. And I understand that they would want to protect that area, but having people walk on a marked trail is not really going to, you know, put that in danger because you can dictate where people go. Yep. And you can release them on, like, the other side of the park. And I mean, it was just weird that that natural beauty was there mm. and all that they really advertise is, oh, you can walk up to the top of Boyagan Rock. And back. And back. <laughs> yep. And that's it. Yep. And it was like the, the local Bogan population just go there to shoot their own sign. <laughs> that was the only <laughs> takeaway I really got from yeah. that. So, you know, I think there's so much untapped potential. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I loved it. And I was inspired because, you know, Walk GPS was where those walks came from. But then I started defining my own routes. So, mm. like, the William Bay Circuit was one. And that sort of set in motion me thinking a lot about you know, like being an advocate for new trails. Mm. I think WA has a lot of catch-up to do in the area of probably of like long trails and short overnights. That's probably where we, we really are let down. Yeah. But the scenery is there. It just needs to be tapped into. And you've got the experience now that you can say, I've been over east and I've been to Tassie and this is what I want from a hike. It's not been delivered, but here's a place where it could be delivered exactly and yeah i mean i really hope that you get somewhere with these um i know it's going to be fighting an uphill battle but like we need more trails and (laughs) all we seem to do is just produce documentation about how we'd like trails but then no one actually pulls the trigger yeah exactly Mm. so that was my winter which i think as like we said ironically even though i am now in perth less you know i'm basically for half the time because i'm in melbourne I still did more <laughs> hikes in the Perth area than you this year because of your big project. Yeah, so at the start of the year, the aim was to do complete my sectional end-to-end of the Billman. And, I mean, after my Google trip to Fitzgerald River, I realized that wasn't going to happen because I developed a bout of um, Achilles tendonitis. So basically out for a month, and that put me back. And I was like, do I really want to rush everything and... In the end, I decided, look, I'm going to cherry pick the sections I want to do in the times I want to do. So that meant, yeah, delaying Collie to Donnelly River till later in the spring. I was going to leave out some of the nicer sections until next year. And Mm. then in the end, just kind of, yeah, did it from there and just enjoyed the Billman end-to-end section. So the first one I did, which was the very start of winter, um, I think it was the first weekend in winter, was dwelling up to Collie. I did that with a uh, good friend Aaron and I think we had a, a very nice time. We kind of understand each other when we hike that I've, I don't think I've ever gotten angry at Aaron. 
he's just that kind of guy where he's so easy to get along with and you don't need to say too much to understand where he's where his head's at Mm. he's your samwise pretty much (laughs) (laughs) i'm the one yelling at the ring and being all moody and emotional and he's just like we're gonna make it mr frodo (laughs) uh no, he. He's yeah, he's friend. a good guy. Yeah, and his um, current partner and her friend joined us for the first three days. Yeah, so that was good fun, and that was kind of the first big long section I'd done um, on the Billman that was over five or six days. Mm. So that was good to walk through, although a lot similar kind of terrain that I was used to with the Sanctuary of Pi and the Kingdom of Pi both yes. being in that area, which is um, sections of the track that I look after, which I only named one of them. You named the Kingdom of Pi when you went through. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I'd better give the uh, one around Maria a similar mm. um, yeah, name. And if anyone wants to hear more about that, there's, of course, the pod that we did in that section. Yeah. So, yeah, so after a June Billman hike, I'd obviously left large gaps to do other things and Given my Achilles tendonitis, I kind of shifted a few things around and got invited to go up to the Pilbara, which, you know, we'd done the pod on Karajini with um, yourself and Alyssa and I'd read all your adventures and I was really keen to get up, but I hadn't actually penciled in when I was going to do that. Mm. So this opportunity came up and I was like, just take it, just go. So I forget which section I'd scrubbed off, but I was like, I'll just go then Mm. and the Pilbara is just like it's amazing like you just yeah. as soon as you see it you just fall in love with it and it's mm. just such a romantic setting and uh, we are so lucky to have Karajini in WA absolutely and it's just and the trails and like the gorges it's just kind of like jaw-dropping moments no matter where you go mm. and I, I kind of feared going there that I'd be like oh this gorge isn't as good as that one but they all have their unique character and definitely they're all a little bit different that it's not kind of same same um but we did did go in the july school holidays which is not recommended if you can avoid it because <laughs> it was very busy yep um but as you keep saying the general rule with tourists is they're not up before 10 yep so go before then exactly i don't know what it is it you can it's literally yeah uh, an entirely provable rule and we planned our days around it. Once we realized that was what was going on, you'd rock up to a car park at 8 o'clock. There'd be no one there. Yep. You'd, get, you'd finish one trail, you'd get back, and it would just be full. And everyone's, let's go, let's go. Yeah. This is yeah, weird. A weird phenomenon, which we'll call it the Don Rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was an awesome opportunity. And, and of course, not, not just gorges. Mount Bruce is an amazing mountain. Yeah. So, second tallest peak in WA, which is uh, still low. Like, even before visiting, I knew that Bluff Knoll was not the tallest peak in WA. <laughs> yep. Everyone keeps saying it is. And I just. Or they'll say it's the third tallest. And it's yeah. like, no. There's like 10 of them in the Hammersley yep. range that are all taller. Um, but it is one of the toughest climbs. And I really think, like, not having not done a whole lot of other hiking outside of WA before this trip. I was like, oh, is it really like, you know, is it steep and is it really a mountain? Because in WA we get excited and we call things mountains that are only three or like 500 meters (laughs) tall. (laughs) But it is like the elevation gain from where you start to when you finish. And I think WA doesn't actually, it's not that much different to other states where you're hiking up to 1,100, 1,200 meters. I think we still start pretty low. Yeah. Um, So Mount Bruce is one of the toughest hikes you can do. 
um, and for other reasons which I can't yet state and I hope I can soon um, it was not the easiest hike to do hmm I wonder why yeah um, <laughs> especially the last bit to the summit which is just all switchbacks and yeah whatnot but it is beautiful beautiful country there and it's kind of that like yeah romanticized red dirt mm. um, swimming holes waterfalls kind of and then the lush gorges as well it's yeah. it's a beautiful beautiful place one of the best in the country yeah easily yep i think i was quite lucky to do fitzgerald caragini within the space of a few months yeah that's like a greatest hits of australia yeah (laughs) it was was very spoiled this year with adventures and it's just like even now just looking back on i don't think i'll fully comprehend what i did until much later on Mm. yeah so that was my winter yeah (laughs) three three pretty cool adventures and then i finished because august is technically winter so i finished with the podcast that we just did last last time Mm. which was Pemberton to Northcliffe so that was a cool kind of coming back down to reconnecting with the southwestern areas I was familiar with after visiting yeah the red dirt of the Pilbara yeah I should say as well that in winter one of the things I did which kind of ties into what you were saying earlier is that I also finished the the Wajamup Biddy Mm. Um, at a completely different time to the year to yeah. you <laughs> and it was also great so you know that was a that was a nice thing to reconnect again with because I I did a few of them before we left mm. and it was nice to to finish up with that and you know it's a fantastic trail network very close to Perth and I think it's the second best after like the the hills as like a place to walk if you're in the Perth region yeah and it's I mean it's so much more than just walking as well because you as you've just done you can go and do the snorkeling trails as well so there's a lot to do on the island i think it still kind of has that reputation of being expensive and kind of difficult to get to like you actually have to plan you can't just say i'm going to rotness today mm. well i suppose you can but it's <laughs> it's not something that you wake up and go yeah i'm going to rotness today yeah but i mean i think it it it's a great example of why western australia has the best beaches in the country yes it's like it, it, if you want like exhibit A yeah Rottnest is exhibit A especially the the Carlinia Biddy because it's just like you're walking beach to beach and these are pristine yeah. like white sand turquoise water beaches with reefs you know snorkeling distance away mm. we're just so lucky and it's it's not exactly crowded either like if no. this was in Europe you'd oh, be paying yeah. 30 euros to get a seat somewhere yep I just think yeah sometimes WA just needs to take a step back and just just acknowledge how lucky they are or we are yeah and i think embrace the areas that are the special places mm. i think that's a big thing so yeah that was a nice bit of, of winter mm. and then we move into springtime spring our favorite time of the year for yeah. the perth perthians perthites yeah because the wildflowers are in bloom it's a beautiful time to be out in the hills it's still fairly wet but it's also starting to get a little bit sunnier the days are longer you can spend longer out there yeah um yeah so i mean you kind of continued on your off track bug and did you yeah i you did done them all? i did um i did the last so september to me is sort of the end of the time of year where i would want to do off track so we did an off track hike from the car park on hardinge road to the 60 foot falls so that was a good way to start the the spring season. Beautiful wildflowers, great great track. Like I think that's a really good one for people who are if you're considering doing off track walking, if you've never done it before. That was a really good one. Mm-hmm. But I guess the big things, the, the two big trips for this particular season were 
that I started with, we went to the Grampians again. We did two of the peaks that I really wanted to do when I was there in 2016, mm. but we didn't get around to. We did we did the Mount Rosier uh, circuit. So we went up one side and down the other side, and that was cool. But the Wonderland circuit, I think, was... The Wonderland loop, I should say. I'll start again. So, the, But the Wonderland loop was the real amazing one. So that was, it was quite an easy walk. It wasn't super hard, but amazing scenery. You know, like, it was just incredible, like, massive sandstone pagodas and gorges you know like a big there's a big canyon section where you walk down that was really amazing so that was a really good um start to our holidays because Alyssa had had started school holidays at that stage and then we did our coral coast road trip which was probably the big trip for wa for the year coming off the back of one of the best wildflower seasons. It was really perfect timing. So we went up to Colseam to track out a new trail that they had there. And that trail kind of goes through the Everlastings that they have there, the famous Everlastings. And mm. while when we went, so it was last week of September, that's normally too late. Mm. It was still flowering at that stage. So we were very lucky. And while it was mostly the yellow flowers, so normally it starts with the whites and the pinks and then it finishes with the yellows, we got to one point where all of the flowers were still on and it was just like, yes, this is amazing. And that's, see, I think while this is a short trail, the one that they have up in Colsey, mm. this is exactly what WA should be doing. You know, make a trail in an area that sells the state and what is beautiful about it. Yeah. So, you know, springtime in any other state is nowhere near as good as WA. You know, I love the bit when you drive down the freeway and you think, you look at all the plants and go, why yeah. did you plant this for the rest of the year? And then springtime you go, oh, yeah. I see. It looks amazing, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, like understandable, like because you, you get these Instagrammable locations which are now becoming more and more popular, but they're more you park somewhere and then you go out of the car and you go and look at them. Exactly. Coal seam, I'm assuming that's what it was like before they put this trail in. Yeah. And now there's, I mean, not being a long trail, but it's at least something you can do. And it gets people out in their cars and they're out traveling and they're spending money in these regional areas. Yep. I feel like there's more opportunities in WA to do that. For um, sure. Especially like canola season. I don't think you'd be able <laughs> to <laughs> do that over someone's property. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, people come and look at this and this place and, it's such an amazingly beautiful place because of the wildflowers. And while I think Fitzgerald River still has the edge because of the biodiversity, this is one of the best wildflower parks I've ever been to. So mm. that was a really good way of, of starting the holiday because that was our first day up. Mm. And then, you know, we spent the most of our time in Ningaloo Reef. And so there was a lot of snorkeling, which is, you know, a big part of... That, that sort of started... We went to Byron Bay in summer... And we did a snorkeling trip to swim with sea turtles. And that was the start, I guess, of the, ooh, the snor <laughs> snorkeling is like a new thing. Uh, so we did snorkel there with the um, in the reef. And it's amazing because you really, you can just walk out to it. It's like the most democratic snorkeling spot yeah. com compared to the Great Barrier where you have to hire boats and go out. Mm. This is really just off the shore, you know, like... I'm I'm literally talking like no more than ten meters, and you're in coral. Wow! You know, um, 
that was amazing. Cape Range was incredible. You know, the canyons up there were some of the best things I'd seen this year. And then we went to uh, Monkey Maya, um, Shark Bay area, and drove to Francois Perron National Park, which was a bit of a challenge to drive into, but... Your X-Trail survived. My X-Trail survived, and, you know, I really wanted to see that, you know, that classic view of the desert meeting the ocean that you see there. Because I know you were really bummed when you realized that you would have to hire a four-wheel drive to do it, and it was, like, prohibitively expensive to do, and you you were kind of on the edge whether you wanted to do it or not. I think you decided no. What made you take the X-Trail and be like, I'll risk it? Because I thought maybe I can do it. <laughs> I I used to own a Jeep Wrangler, so I knew how to push a car. Yeah. I knew how, how far you can push it before it really can't do it. Mm. And we had recovery tracks. So I was like, oh, we can try it. Let's just, just do yeah. it. And so, you d- dig, Alyssa, dig. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. And, and yeah, we got bogged three times, but we still made it to the end. So yeah. that was awesome. And then I guess the rest of the month was we did a lot of exploring down south again because it you know, as as it heats up in Perth, we tend to travel down south a bit more, and explored West Cape Howe, and um, defined the Lower Franklin Circuit down there in um, Walpole Nornalup National Park, and also just we checked out the Noitz Wilderness Track, which was beautiful, but then also disappointing because of the prescribed burns that have gone through and destroyed the campsite that was there. So you know, it's really sad to see that in this zeal to burn that they destroyed the campsite mm. there because it if you look at the old blog photos it was a really beautiful campsite so yeah it was certainly one i was looking forward to doing and now i'm kind of pushing it down the list <laughs> yes yeah. at least another four or five years until it regrows somewhat for, sh- for sure i think it's it's worth waiting and then i finished the season with mount Feathertop. Mm. i was uh, i had two weeks in victoria so I went up to climb the second tallest peak in Victoria, which is considered the queen of the Victorian Alps. And that was, as Mark pointed out, my first overnight hike by myself. Yeah, An unofficial Kathmandu photo shoot as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got a nice... uh, Nice landscape photo at sunset that looks like what you'd see in a Yeah, <laughs> in I could magazine. actually just picture... Because I think Kathmandu today posted, reposted someone's photo of the guy walking in a similar kind of scene. It actually got my um my backpack on. Oh, really? <laughs> so I just picture him being in that scene and, yeah, that could be in a catalogue quite easily. Yeah. yeah. And you've had quite an epic spring. Spring was... Tazzy for me. Yeah. I mean, I started off in September doing Collie to Donnelly River to plug in another end-to-end section, which kind of like it, it sounds bad when you say I'm plugging in a section, but I deliberately left it until spring to do um, to get the better weather, to get the wildflowers as well. Because I mean, after seeing you go through your sectional end-to-end and finishing in bailing up and not being the happiest camper in the world, I was just like. <laughs> I'm going to do this kind of fairly early in the process, even though this is now to finish that section. I think it crossed off like over 600 K. So it's kind of like, yeah, my halfway point, Mm. Um, but it was just beautiful there. Um, Lots of orchids, Preston national park, which you'd mentioned as kind of a surprise national park was just carpets of wildflowers and really enjoyed this apart from maybe my boots getting a little bit long in the tooth and my feet then starting to fail me because of that um which kind of 
it highlights how much hiking I've actually done in the last year because mm. these boots I'd bought for Oxfam last year and just in 2018 I've hiked over 600 or 700 kilometers so add on Oxfam and Oxfam training onto that these are probably lasted over a thousand kilometers yeah wow so yeah I mean I did the math today and I've done 62 trail days for the website yep and then total probably 70 odd trail days including maintenance and four pleasure hikes which I think I only had three this year and one of them was early Jan. So I've really only done two like familiar hikes this year. That's how much I've been out. Yeah. It's just been weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I worked out I was a little bit less than you. I think I've done sixty. Um, but yeah, as you say, that doesn't you know, it doesn't take into account the times I've did Piascali loop twice mm. by my you know, by myself or with Alyssa or when we did last you know, last weekend we did we did Monadnox for fun. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's those days as well and you add that up and it's like, holy crap, that's it, a lot of hiking. Yeah, it is a lot of hiking. I mean I probably would have done similar numbers last year or the year before in terms of kilometers, but this year was just more full on with like week long trips and mm. a lot of other stuff going on too. So it was it's amazing and like I still haven't like I'm gonna be riding about Tasmania for months and months and months. I think I calculated while I was over there. If I did one post a week, I'll be riding until March. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, you said that. That's how much hiking I did in Tassie. Um yeah. so yeah, I mean we started in Victoria, so I did Werribee Gorge, which hopefully should be out by now, um, when this gets released. And then we did the three capes with Karis's aunt and uncle. Mm. That was a, an amazing experience, as we've already talked about in a, a previous pod. And then, yeah, we had a week, well, just under a week in Hobart visiting Karis's family. And I managed to get a few hikes in, which I was kind of hoping I Quite would get in. Quite a few, in. more than a few, I think. Uh, <laughs> No, I think I only got in... While we were in Hobart, I think I only got in three. So I think I did Organ Pipes, Tahoon, and a place called Snugfall. So it wasn't like I was hiking every day. But afterwards... But afterwards, when Karis went home, (laughs) (laughs) I went nuts. So I had a couple of Airbnbs, and I just decided to do as much hiking as as I wanted to. And I wasn't exactly rushed for hikes. I think I did more than I'd planned. And yeah, I just went and did all the really cool day hikes around... I based myself in the near Huonville. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm really bad with pronunciation, but did so. I did the Hearts Peak. I did Mount Misery, um, Duck Hole Lake, and Adamson Falls out there. And that was me for three or four days. And then I went off to Mount Field, which you'd done earlier in the year. Mm. So I explored that area and did yeah, Mount Field East, Satan Shelf, um, Lady Baron Circuit. Marriott Falls, there's the whole heap of them that I've done and I can't wait at now <laughs> to go through <laughs> yeah. my photos and have a look. So hopefully I've got a few out by this pod's release. But yeah, it's just fell in love with Tassie and I can mm. see why everyone is so eager to not exploit it but like showcase it to the world. There's quite a, a large debate going on at the moment whether we should open it up to more commercial activity but... Certainly, the areas that I visited, it was you didn't get the the sense that you were in a world heritage area. You were on the fringes sometimes, mm. but there was lots of forestry and towns. And like coming from WA, where towns are like fifty kilometers away, 
being in Tassie and no more than like twenty or thirty minutes from yeah, it's a more like big more town. like Europe where there's a village, you know. Yeah, every few. It, yeah, <laughs> it felt more like yeah, driving through England because to get from my accommodation, my Airbnb um, near Mount Field, it was still a forty minute drive. But you're driving through like five or six towns and villages, and mm. they all had their like separate identity, and it was just fun passing through that area. Um, yeah, but yeah, definitely in love with Tassie, but it also cemented kind of WA isn't that bad. And yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the peaks in Tassie, like Hart's Peak, everyone's like, oh, Hart's Peak, like it's really tall. And sure, it ends at 1,200 and something metres, but you only start at 900. Yeah. Whereas Bluff Knoll, you start at 500 and you go up to 1,100. So, yeah. like, there's a few hikes in WA that are a lot tougher physically mm. than Tassie. Um, but obviously Tassie gets more beautiful alpine country and, like, just the sheer volume of rain yeah actually not even the volume of rain just how wet it and cold it is yeah um, you get that temperate rainforest that survives yeah i mean you're quite right i mean walls of jerusalem all those peaks were not very once yes there was a very steep walk into the park but once you're in there mm. easy walking compared to bluff knoll or chilburn up or mount bruce mm. which are much harder mountains than you know, like then Solomon's Throne or Mount Jerusalem. Yeah, and I was actually surprised. The, the most vertical meters I covered on a hike, and given it was 17 or 18 k's in that day, was the last day of the three capes. That was almost 900 meters of vert on oh, that wow. hike, which looking at it, I was like, no way. Like, sure, we hiked up Mount Fortescue, but that's only 400 meters. But then it's all the, the other ups and downs that you're going through. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, some of the Alpine region in Tassie, was a lot easier physically than I was expecting, um, but beautiful, beautiful country for sure. And I think I, I was a little bit too blessed with the weather. Hart's Peak was this this perfect windless sunny day, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it had snowed like blankets of snow like three days or two days earlier, and I mm. just caught the tail end of that, and I was really annoyed because it would have been cool to see it all whited out and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then I was a bit annoyed at the sunny weather because I was trying to photograph the um, the waterfalls and there's so many of them in Tassie but and the temperate rainforest if you get it in sunny weather it looks terrible that's true I saw some photos of uh, Cradle Mountain on a perfectly clear day not as nice as when we were there and there were mm. clouds because it's like there's such you get it in the carry in the, um, the Jarrah Forest here if there's harsh sunlight there's such a contrast between light and dark that your yep. photos just don't turn out at all. Yep. And I actually waited in my car at Mount Field um, when I was doing the Larry, uh, the Lady Baron circuit. I was like, it's too sunny. There's no point doing it. And I sat in my car watching NBA for like an hour because <laughs> I knew there was cloud cover coming in. And then like as soon as it started to cloud over, I was like, this is amazing. Yep. Um, but yeah. Um, kind of <laughs> first world problems here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was um, spring for me, and now I'm back home and have a mountain of photos to edit and post to write. Mm. Whereas you are headed off to Tasmania to finish your year. Yeah, so two Tassie trips in one <laughs> year. Yeah, I I couldn't not go back. <laughs> uh, so I'm finishing my third of the great bushwalks. So we're going to go do the Frenchman's Cap track, which has got a new hut that they've built and they realigned it recently in the last few years and there's talk about charging for it in the future. So we thought, let's get in before they do. Mm. So we're doing that over Christmas time. Probably get a few more 
day hikes in like i think i want to do probably do the dove lake circuit in um, cradle mountain national park and maybe one more other day walk i think that's probably as much as we can fit in while we're there so that's that's that will finish up the year and then i think i end up with 11 nights on the track which is a lot less than previous years but mm. this year has probably been like as you say like you know if you look back at the year the amount of variety that you've had mm. is the same for me like i feel i it's probably my best year of adventure because of how much variety there was because you know last year was about finishing the bibbleman for me so it was a lot of samey days that were you know they were lovely but a lot of days that were very similar, where it's day in, day out. Whereas this this year was a lot more varied, a lot of s- snorkeling as well. So not, not just hiking. Mm. And, you know, when I add all of that up, it's it was, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better year in a lot of ways. Mm. I have a question for you, because I've been thinking about this quite a lot this year. If you didn't have the website, would you be still doing this much? I don't know. I feel like the website is a good drive. I don't know if I would. It's a very good question. I I don't think I would, but then in terms of doing the, you know, the big ticket multi-days, that's something that I think, even if I didn't have the website, now now that I have a taste for it, I still would want to be doing them. Hmm. You know, I still would want to do Wilson's Prom. I still would have wanted to do Walls of Jerusalem. I wouldn't just wouldn't have an avenue to write about them or put them out there and photograph them. Mm. How about yourself? No, no way. It's <laughs> 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 um, it's it's a good and like it's a bad thing as well having the website is because it's now year five for me. So having that, like you get into the rhythm and you understand this is it's you have to have a post every X amount of days. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not like you don't feel the pressure to have that, but at the same time you're like, What can I do? And this is something I'm now fully involved in. Like where does it end? And I think twenty twenty eighteen for me was kind of like its peak life of Pi. Like I'd had everything planned out from the start and sure things changed during the year, but there was always a lot of time dedicated to doing the website and doing this stuff. Whereas I think now 2019 will be less about that and more about enjoying the hiking. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think like it, if I think about it, sometimes, you know, I might do a hike because it's new and I haven't done it. Mm. Like I haven't done Kitty Scourge this year. I haven't done Waliunga or Eagle View this year. I probably would just do those again if I didn't have a blog. But then I would have missed out on Boyagen Rock. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is I guess the the chase for adventure and, and having more content does sometimes push you into areas that make you see a new side to a place. Mm. But then also, you know, I've I've I think I've I've certainly decided that I don't care to write about a you know like a one meter trail that that maybe will get me more reads yeah but i don't care like i want to do a walk that i'll actually enjoy yeah and that's that's where i'm at so i i kind of agree with you in a sense that i want to walk for my own pleasure 
not because I need content. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we both have lists of hikes to do and I still have a lot to get through. Like there's no, it's not like I run up to the end. It's just this year there was, I think I did three new hikes I added to Perth Day Hikes. Two of them were on Rottnest and one of them was in Cervantes, which is still two hours away. Yeah. So like I've done literally no Perth hiking this year. I've done a couple of trips to Sullivan Rock and I've done Kalamunda to Mundaring and back as mm. a clear your space Anzac Day hike. And that was it. Yeah. And I think kind of like we've discussed this all the time in you go to these places and you write about them and you take the photos you post them to the world and they get zero reaction. Yeah, there's, there's a very much an attitude of like, you know, if you posted the same places like Kitty's Gorge and Eagle View, you'll get a million reads. Yeah. Well, not a million, but you know. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot more than you do. And I notice like I repost old content and it gets like a lot of shares and likes. And I mean, it's not what you're doing it for. Like, sure, there's a nice dopamine hit when you get a post <laughs> that does really well. Yeah. But at the same time, like it's it's not unexpected that people want to stay in the same area and want to experience like the good stuff, like you know the the familiar Eagle View and Kitty's Gorge and everything else. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like it's an interesting thing because there's a few new hiking blogs come onto the scene and you can see where they're going with the content that they're posting um and then you kind of like you remember back to when you were doing that and i don't know it's kind of today's put me in a bit of a nostalgic 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 mood Mm. um yeah kind of thinking about the last little bit and i'm hoping i have the time to actually verbalize this in a written post Mm. i think i'll probably be a lot more eloquent than i am just rambling on today. <laughs> no, but you're quite right. How nice would it be if you've never written up Eagle View? If you've never done Eagle View? Mm. You know, like that's really lovely because I guess, you know, as, as we've talked about, you know, I'm always chasing the dragon and it's becoming diminishing returns unless I go over east or if I go up north. I think I think that north to me is the, the great unknown. Mm. There's... Like, as you say, you know, with going to the Pilbara, you just fall in love with it. And going to the Ningaloo Coast, I just fell in love with it. And I think there's so much more up there to see that is different. And it's that difference that, that drives me sometimes, you know, to, to do something to, and see something that's more than, than mm. what, I've, what I've known. I mean, essentially, if you look at it in, in world terms, it's a different country up there. Oh, yeah. If this was, you know, Europe or Africa or wherever, you would be in a different country, but it's just the fact that WA is so large, you kind of still think of it as WA. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly the Kimberley is another another place I'd love to explore, but it's just the when and the how of yeah, getting up there. For sure. And we've kind of gone down a bit of a, a really serious <laughs> note. <laughs> um, the most sort of quick kind of overview of, I mean, we haven't really planned anything as yet because we're still getting through 2018 and digesting what we've done but do you want to just run through what you've got planned initially for 2018 for the listeners 2019 sorry 2019 (laughs) (laughs) so i guess one of the things i i want to do is probably maximize the opportunity of being in victoria so i think i want to get a few more victorian hikes in the summer and springtime i mean the alpine regions are comfortable enough to walk in in summer 
So I want to get a few of those in. I really want to do the hike up along the crosscut saw in Victoria, which is supposed to be spectacular but quite difficult. So that's that's where I'm at leading up to until Perth becomes, you know, the, its next hiking Hikeable. season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really want to do a trip to Esperance if we can over, over Easter because I think that would be really nice. I really want to do the coastal track there. Uh, and maybe go to Cape Arid and do the Tagon Trail. Those would be high on my list of places to to do if we get out to Esperance. And of course, it would be nice to do Frenchman's Peak after doing Frenchman's <laughs> Cap in Tasmania. You know, I still have to like double check in my mind which one's which. <laughs> yeah. Like I was doing something today. I think I was writing out all the hikes I'd done. I was like, it's Peak in WA, not Cap. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's what I want to do. And we have tentative plans, maybe, because we were this year going to do the Thorsben Trail until I quit my job and I no longer had July off. And yeah. you know, I just started a job, so you can't just go like, oh, I'm going to go on holiday <laughs> as soon as you start. So that's something I'd like to do, but there's still, I guess, question marks. I don't know what exactly I'm doing. It's I've got a long bucket list. But it's just, you know, the, that list is always difficult to time because cause we're going to do Frenchman's Cap. We can't go to New Zealand this year and do, you know, like Tongariro or Milford. Mm. Can't do the Tra- Travis Sabine or, you know, in winter, I don't think we're going to have the money to go fly to Canada and do the West Coast Trail. Mm. So it's just, you know, circumstantially, uh, you know, got to roll with the punches and see what, what ends up happening. So yeah. how about yourself? At the moment, I don't have much planned other than I'm going to complete my sectional end-to-end touch wood that everything on the body is fine. I can do that. And then we have um, Bay of Fires to look forward to. I think we're trying to do that around Easter in Tassie. But that's really all I have planned. Mm. Obviously, because I took long service, a lot of long service this year, I don't have as much leave left. So kind of planning these trips is kind of what do you want to do over this and i would love to do the cape to cape and go and complete that that full seven day journey but again when do i have the time and when can i fit that in so i don't know as i said before i think 2019 will be more about enjoying hiking mm. um, and enjoying perth and the surrounds and kind of just yeah not hiking for the website but just hiking for my own personal enjoyment yeah i think that's you know perth Next year, I've already got a fair few off-track hikes planned. <laughs> How surprising! <laughs> so that's that's where I'd, I'd be heading for on the you know without the big ticket going over east or going overseas. Mm. There's still a lot to explore. Yeah, so we talked about you know doing some kayaking trails, um, and there's also some snorkeling trails on the mainland that I haven't done, which will be good for summer. Mm. So um, yeah, I mean there's there's plenty of opportunities. I think it's yeah. just a matter of of the what and when. Yeah. Because, I mean, as much as, like, we do this podcast every couple of weeks, we don't actually get to hike together or do trails together that often. Yeah, Boyagin Rock was, like, the first time in, like, a year and a half or something that yeah. we hiked together. And a few of them were just, like, when we didn't really know each other that well. So <laughs> exactly. It's, kind of, know, it's weird, but, yeah. yeah, I'd love to love to go out kayaking and snorkeling again over the summer. Yeah. When things get a bit unpleasant out in the forest in Perth. For sure. Okay, so we'll move on. We got a few questions in today. We put some feelers out on social media, um, what people would actually like to know. So I'll start out with the lighthearted questions and we'll ease into it. 
Yep. So someone has said, now that Mark's seen an echidna, what's next on what? What's the next animal that you would like to see? I think we can probably both answer this because you have a few on your list that you would like to see that you haven't. Yeah. For me, I'm not really sure because we've like WA doesn't really hold a lot that I haven't seen because we saw a number at Boyacan Rock. Yeah, so that was amazing. That's yeah. like one of. 2000 yeah exactly so, so that was probably more unlikely to see than the echidna that we were walking through and be like oh this is echidna territory that us be wandering <laughs> everywhere <laughs> i end up seeing my first um echidna in tassie um I actually saw a couple one i got a photo of and one i didn't but i've still seen echidna in the wild so i would have to say more snakes because i've actually only seen a handful of snakes while i've been in mm. wa so maybe a few more. Not that I'd like to actually come across them in too often, but it'd be nice yeah. to see a few more. One of my biggest regrets this year, I saw a red-bellied snake in Queensland. Beautiful snake. Didn't mm. photograph it. Oh, why, Don? Why? Because I, I stopped and went, oh, a snake. Yeah. And then I tapped the ground and let it go away. And I went, <laughs> should I photograph that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think my big thing would be if I'm hiking in Victoria, I want to see a koala because I've never seen one. Yeah. So, and they're less difficult than a platypus. Like, I think my chances are less likely. Yeah. Whereas a koala... My parents were on Great Ocean Road and they saw a koala. So... Does it count on the road, though? I never count it if I see it from a road. Right. We saw the numbat on the road. But it was it was a gravel <laughs> road. <laughs> it counts. It counts. And they're yeah. really rare. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So... I'm hoping to do a track in the Otways and see one. That's my my aim for the year. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. I was when I was in Tassie, I was searching so hard for a platypus. I actually did the side trip on um, I think it was a tarn shelf where you got a platypus. Done. Was done. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is prime area. There's reeds. I can. I know that they would live here, but it was such a windy and terrible day. I was like, they're not going to be showing themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next question comes from our good friend Didier, and it involves what is your finest actual hour on any trail you're on in 2018? So not necessarily the best trail, but the best hour of walking in 2018. I've this, prepped you for this one. Yeah, so you should you know. Have. Okay. So I, I have two moments. One was probably like the absolute most beautiful hour, which was walking through the central walls of walls of Jerusalem because the walking was easy but the scenery was absolutely spectacular we you know we climbed 600 meters to get to this and then you're just walking through the middle of the valley and it was just beautiful snow everywhere these lakes these pine trees just walls of rock on either side that to me was you know one of the best moments a smaller moment that was on a trail that overall isn't as good, but had that just that moment of beauty was North Dandelup, where Alyssa and I were just following the river and there's all these wandu and powder barks along there and there's just waterfalls along the stretch and there was this one point where we just stopped and looked around and you look over here and there's there's an eagle's nest on a tall tree there's this big granite bluff on one side. There's a waterfall just in front of you. And there's this rock that kind of is like stepping stones across the river. And we said, 
this is Tasmania level good. And then you walk up a waterfall and you walk across rocks and stuff till you get to the end of it. And just that section, it's probably like a kilometer of walking, mm-hmm. was amazing. And the fact that that's not a national park, it's just State Forest 14, is criminal. See, that to me, I think the naming sometimes is a good thing. Because everyone's like, oh, State Forest 14, why are we going there? And then no one goes there. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's a blessing in disguise sometimes. (laughs) Whereas you name it like best state forest ever, people are going to wonder why and go in. But my worry is that that area is not protected. Yeah. You know, like... Well, anything with state forest is pretty much it's going to get mined or logged very quickly in WA. And the fact that that area is so beautiful is... Yeah, it saddens me the thought that that could all be gone. Yeah, so <laughs> on that note, Mark. So that, that was Don's very thoughtful. So my one, probably not going to rival yours, but it's on the Billman and you get to a spot just outside of Collie and it points you towards Collie and you're walking down and then you get to the highway and then there's all these trucks and I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, are you insane? It's not the Collie Spur Trail. So for me, I'll just stick to one and it is the Hakia Trail in Fitzgerald River National Park. And it was towards the end of the day and we'd had all these problems with the Google Tracker and it wasn't working and we just decided that's it. We have to get to the end of the trail before it gets dark. So, yeah, covered it up and it was at this point you'd ascended the steps from the chasm and you got a view back to the mid-barrens and the storms were rolling in so you could see sunlight streaming it was really dark over the mid barrens and then as you walked along the trail towards the finishing point at cave point uh there was rainbows over east mount barren and the ocean and it was just it was this weird time where it was raining one second and i was just trying to keep everything dry and just get to the end and then it stopped and then you could appreciate the rainbows i think it was a double rainbow as well double rainbow and then you get to (laughs) west head and it's just like you know, we need to get to Cave Point by dark, but you just stop for a moment and just appreciate how beautiful it was. And then you kind of go around and straight into the the forest and you look back at the mid-barrens for the last time and it's lit up in this bright orange and pinks and purples. And you're like, wow. And then you look towards East Mount Barren and it's just a bare plain. And then you see the peaks and it just feels like another world. And then we finished at Cave Point on the beach there and the sun had already set so it was purples and magentas and pinks and it was just amazing and it was just like the guy I was with just went on towards the car to phone in that we were okay and I was just enjoying this last bit. I knew the trekker wasn't on, you didn't have to worry about anything other than just walking this last section at dusk and that to me was one of the best hours and that's saying something because i've been to the pilbara this year i've been to tassie Mm. that one as soon as the question came in from didier i was like that's it no no arguments just that's it circumstance and where you were yeah yeah like it doesn't have to be the best trail even though that is technically a very lovely trail it Mm. was just a combination of everything like weather as well which i think plays a lot of a lot of the role in experience sometimes because yeah, a couple of Billman trips this year have just been in, like, fine, okay weather. Mm. And I think they could be improved if the weather was a bit worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Right, and we'll move on to the last question, which has come in from a traveling family called Only Footprints. And this one is kind of, it's on the theme for this kind of pod that we're doing because you were over east for a lot of the year and got to experience their weather patterns. So the question is, it's been really dry over in the east side of Oz this last 12 months. Has it been dry on the west side? And if so, how's it impacted the Billman track and other walking trails over there? So I'll let you start with this one because you spent more time over east this year than I did. Was it a really, really dry year? Yeah, it was. I mean, I will say that being in Queensland, so I, so this is how I know it was dry. So in Queensland, it was really wet when I was there because it was their wet season. But I had the great misfortune of having my flight cancelled on the way back to Perth on one day. And so the cheapest flight I could get was to fly via Queensland, via Brisbane, back to Perth. From Melbourne. From Melbourne. Yeah. And I flew over. And I thought, holy crap, this is drier than Perth looks in in summer. Like It just objectively looked drier Mm. than what I remember it being when I was there. And even just driving through Victoria, we went when we went went on the road trip to the Grampians. This is mid to you know mid September, mm. and it looked very dry. Mind you, Western Victoria is drier than the eastern side where the mountains are, but still, you know, I wasn't expecting that level of dryness. And I know that you know it's not as bad as what New South Wales was in. Mm. So yeah, there was an obvious difference there and Perth I mean Perth had a decent we had a very wet winter but the autumn oh it was terribly dry like we got no rain from basically when it rained in early Feb Mm. we got like 100 mils it was just dry until June Mm. I think I mean we talked about this before the podcast started we were going to raise that WA probably was affected a lot more this year by the dry than the actual wet because we've last few years have been average to above average in winter to spring rainfall. For and sure. We had that one year where it went from basically winter to summer because we just had so much rain in spring. But this year was just ridiculous. And, I mean, we've lost Helena this year, which yep. was middle of summer, so you can be forgiven that a, a bushfire happens. Yeah. But then we lost the Stelling Range... Uh, the eastern side, and then we lost Tondirup, we lost Sandpatch campsites, yeah. Peaceful Bay got burnt, all because we'd had a really, really, really dry autumn and they shouldn't have been burning. Yeah, basically a lot of that was out of control prescribed burns. You know, it wasn't a bushfire. The Helena one was, but mm. that was actually lit, lit by someone, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a deliberate fire. So it's not a case of... You know, you look at it, and we burn for human-related reasons, mm. and but the causes of these fires were human-related. It wasn't like a freak thunderstorm or something that happened. Yeah, and oh, it just it just annoys me so much because they'd put out warnings as well around the Albany area: don't burn, don't burn, because it's dry and it's windy, mm. and yet they're still burning out there, and the farmers are still burning because half the fires, let's be fair, weren't. DBCA's problem. They were farmers burning off when they shouldn't have been. They didn't have permits and they didn't obey the the warnings. But I mean, <laughs> Albany was some of those scenes were just apocalyptic. Yeah, like the Stirling Ridge, a wave of fire 
yeah. just rolling over and that area is now closed and won't be accessible for another year or so probably yeah and that hadn't been burnt in i think over 20 years mm. was the last time that ellen peak got struck by lightning yeah so there was no reason for it to be you know as burnt as it as it got where now it's basically ruined and cleared and as you say closed for the foreseeable future mm. so i mean wa has not been immune to the dry weather but i mean once june came we got a fair amount of rain and we had one of the probably better wildflower seasons we've ever had for sure it was a once in a decade kind of thing which they were saying last year as well yeah so we've had two really fantastic wildflower seasons and driving up north i definitely saw it Mm. it was really amazing it was at a level and i've driven up to calbarry way now what about three or four times and to just to see the difference it, it really was very very good and even you know last weekend hiking in Monadnox, mm. the wildflowers on display there because again you know i don't really hike that often late in the spring season yeah but the wildflowers on display are amazing at the moment this late in the season which normally no, by november things are looking a bit dry yeah we've had a bit of a cold november but i mean like areas like Monadnox, you can tell when it's summer and when it's not because all the moss is all orangey yeah. yellow <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I mean, once you get into the forest yeah as you said the wildflowers come out and you can see just how nice it is mm. um but yeah i mean that was an interesting one because you kind of were isolated in wa and you see especially this year new south wales especially being affected by the droughts and farmers having to basically kill livestock because they couldn't support them mm. um it was nice that the wa kind of sort of came to the rescue a little bit of the eastern states um you know you had farmers driving trucks of hay over just to support them so yeah it's good that wa i'm sorry it's good that australia bands together in those times but hopefully maybe there'll be some more policy changes whereas climate change will come to the fore and we won't have the extreme or we'll be able to limit our effect on these extreme weather patterns yeah Hopefully. 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 Yeah, but no. I mean, the Liberals maybe look like they're out, but I don't know. We'll keep it uh, non-political for now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that was our 2018 in review slash what to look forward to in 2019. Um, Thank you very much, everyone who's listening, who's, you know, supported us through the last year of our podcast journey. It's been a fun experience kind of, you know, catching up every couple of weeks and talking about trails and what we enjoy because, I mean, it's very rare that you get to do this as often as we do. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely an indulgence. (laughs) (laughs) And one that, you know, hopefully is of use to people as well because I think, you know, I think, um, you know, I've I've had feedback from people when they've really enjoyed an episode and it's made them want to go and do a hike. So, you know, that's Mm. that's always nice to to know when someone is inspired to go out I mean, even if you're just listening to Don's voice, trying to fall asleep to his ABC <laughs> bravado, um, yeah. Hopefully, you've you've gained some enjoyment out of the podcast, and I mean, we'll continue into 2019. We've got a fair few episodes in the pipeline that we need to do. Yep, so many Bibbleman ones. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be more yeah. trails that we haven't. You know, there'll be a Bay of Fires. There'll be a Frenchman's Had- Cap. Yeah, so. there'll be a Tassie day hikes, Victorian yep. day hikes. I mean, we'll find we'll find topics. 
if sure. there's anything that you really really want to hear in 2019 give us a bell and i'm sure we can talk about it as as best we can yeah for sure you know hit us up on instagram email us at real trail talk at gmail.com and um you know on facebook so in any of those methods and if you're enjoying the pod then give us a like and rating rating on itunes yeah so thanks very much for listening and hope you enjoy your holiday period getting out and enjoying family and friends and maybe a few trails if the weather's not too hot yeah and so we'll be having a little bit of a break over the festive season and we'll be back probably in january sometime thank you for listening (laughs) 